0: All right. Praise God. We are back in the word of God. We are in our uh, Bible Matters uh, series uh, yet again. Um, We are um, going to get back to the book of Psalms, chapter 27, when the Lord gives us permission to do so. But family, we're going to always go with the moving of the Lord. So when the Lord moves us on to something else for a while, then that's what we're going to do. There's a lot of things going on in society. And guess what? God's got something to say about it. Amen. God has direction. God's got some marching orders for us. And we're going to get all of that. Now, we uh, started something last week in this uh, Bible Matters series. Uh, We um, began to talk about um, uh, Saul. And we talked about uh, David, all of these different things. We talked about all of that because there um, were some lessons or some lessons that we need to learn from that. In particular, family, family we were talking about 1st uh, Samuel chapter 17 um, verses 32 through 37, which I will go ahead and read uh, in just a moment. Um, for those of you who are looking at the screen, this screen that you see now or should see, which has the scripture set, that's not going to change. So um, don't worry about um, thinking that the slides are stuck. That's going to be that way. The word of God says this, First Samuel 17, 32 through 37. This is the King James Version. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock and I went out after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will, I hope you heard that, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing, as always, to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Now, uh, we are... I'm going to back into these scriptures. And honestly, God just has so much. Uh, um, we, 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 the, the scripture set, we have that for reference. We'll we'll, we'll get as far as we can. Um, and honestly, I don't know if we're going to get too far into to that t- today, but we but God's got something for us. We're going to back into this because uh, there are a lot of points uh, in the background that need to be brought out um, concerning this. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that. There are lessons um, to be learned from this story that deals with lions uh, and bears, and 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 we're going to get what God has uh, for us. Now, last week, family, we talked about uh, a couple things. Amen. We dealt with a few things on last week, um, and it was it was a blessing. I don't know about you, but it was a blessing. The last thing that we said last week, as we talked about this. Um, we got to a part where we began to talk about the importance of not putting off. Amen. Not putting off serving God. Okay. So what we, as a quick recap, we, we, we learned that, that Saul was rejected by God. So those who know the story, Of Saul, you know that Saul was rejected by God. Saul got into disobedience, and you can read that in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse uh, 23. Amen. Um, uh, Saul had had a job to do, and you know what? He didn't do it. Saul had many opportunities to, to, to be obedient to God, but Saul continued to progress further and further away from God, and it eventually reached a point. Amen. It reached a point where he was rejected by God. And when he was rejected, he forfeited as a result of that disobedience, he forfeited God's anointing. And we saw that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. In particular, it says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Amen. When the spirit of the Lord left Saul, amen, Saul didn't have anything but trouble after that. Amen. Amen. He had he, he was there was nothing to protect him. There was nothing to defend him. There was nothing to counter those 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 wicked thoughts, so to speak, on his own. Now, God did have some a ram in the bush that that in order to help him through uh, some of that. And that was David. Amen. He was very skilled. Um, as a, as a musician. And we, and if you read the story, you'll know that when that, when, when Saul really got troubled, David would be called in to play music for him. And that spirit that, that troubled him would go away. So but but in and of himself outside of David or outside of having someone who was still operating in the anointing or someone that had the anointing, Saul in and of himself did not have the anointing. Amen. And that's and and, and that's that that's a very important point family that we need to know, that we need to understand. When Saul transgressed the laws of God, amen, the command of God, and walked in sin, and and as a consequence, the anointing was taken from him, amen. When the anointing was taken from him, there was nothing within Saul to counteract All of the trouble and all of the problems and all of the things that the world brings. And so it is with us. Saul no longer had the ability within himself to deal with the trouble, the mental strain, the spiritual strain. He didn't have any of that. Why? Because the anointing was gone. The only way Saul was able to get it was that he had to have somebody who had the anointing. Amen. This is why when when David would play the music, this is why the peace would begin to come back. But when, but for, and that would happen for a time. But guess what? Saul was right back at it all over again. Family, there's a point there and I hope you're beginning to hear it and already beginning to see it. Amen. God wants you to operate in the spirit, in his spirit. Amen. And if you want to operate in God's spirit, you're going to have to be obedient. There's no substitute for that. There's no getting out of that because if you are disobedient long enough, something's going to happen. You know what it is? You're going to lose that anointing. Amen. And see, and it is that anointing that allows you to shake yourself when, when you're in the midst of something. It is the anointing that allows you to come to yourself. It is the anointing that allows you when you are by yourself and the preacher is not there and the choir is not there and the evangelist is not there, I hope you hear what I'm telling you, when the teacher is not there, when you have the anointing, amen, and when we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the presence of the Spirit of God. When God is present and accounted for, amen, glory to God, glory to God, he empowers you with what you need to be able to circumvent the challenges that come up in life every now and then and then sometimes on a daily basis, amen, amen. Saul lost the anointing and because of that, he he couldn't deal with these problems on his own. Some of you who are listening, who may be listening to this or will listen to this, You don't, the anointing has departed you and you can't figure out why things come on you, besiege you, and it seems like you just cannot get out of the depression. Listen, there are times and season where God brings or allows times of trouble or allows you to be tested. We're talking about the unnecessary right now. See, when God appoints it, that's the necessary stuff. But when you and I bring it on ourselves, then that's the unnecessary stuff. And what happens is, is that when we engage in the unnecessary stuff, God, and we continue in that, God will pull the anointing, will forfeit the anointing. When the anointing goes, the hedge of protection and the peace of the Lord and the joy of the Lord often go right along with it. They go right, they just go right out the window. And before you know it, you are unable to talk yourself off of life's ledges. See, when you got the anointing, you got the spirit of the Lord dwelling in you, moving and speaking. And when you begin to hear the voice of the enemy, the spirit of the living God begins to pipe right up. But see, when the anointing is forfeited, you don't have that. And you're largely on your own. So this is why it's important. You do not want to go the way that Saul did. Amen. We also learned that, you know, grants that, you know, it don't take grand scale sin in order to lose the anointing. No, just simple disobedience, consistent disobedience to the word of God is more than enough to cause us what to lose that anointing, to lose that, that protection, that peace, that joy. We can lose all of that. Why? By simple day to day, everyday garden variety, sin and disobedience. Amen. No, you don't have to do something, something, something big and incredible and incredibly wrong in order to lose the anointing. No, just be you all you got to do is be consistent in doing the wrong thing, no matter how small it is. Well, why is that? Well, I told you before, and I'm gonna say it again, because God does not bless mess. You're never gonna be the exception to the rule. You're not gonna be the one that's gonna somehow get away with it. I am not ever going to be the one that is going to be able to engage in disobedience and then turn around, talk about, I'm going to be blessed. No, I'm not. No, I am not. That is not going to happen. God is not going to allow me to dishonor him and make a fool out of him. And if he ain't going to let me, I can tell you right now, he's not going to let you either. So we must not entertain these foolish thoughts thinking that we can get away with stuff. That's not going to happen. So we talked about all of that stuff. And then we got to a point here where we talked about not putting off. God's preference is is that we learned that, 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 that now while the anointing had departed Saul, amen, the anointing had fallen on to David. Amen. David was already anointed at this point to be the next king of, of, of Israel. And you can read that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. We also learn um, that David is still a young man at this point. Amen. He is a, he is a young man. Um, 1 Samuel 17:33. So David is a young man and he has the anointing. Amen. You're never too young to have the anointing and wherever you are it does not matter how new you are to the ways of god uh uh-uh, uh doesn't matter don't don't listen to nobody trying to make it seem like you got to put your time in before you get the anointing no you don't you just got to be obedient and god going to give you the anointing god will put his hands on you amen Amen. You don't have to listen. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else who is a human being just like you, who got faults and failures and ups and downs just like you. They put on their clothes in the morning the same way that you put yours on. They are a human being. They also have a fallen nature. The Bible says all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. Stop putting people on a pedestal. There is not one person that deserves the pedestal because we are all sinners who are saved by grace. Amen, amen. Stop comparing what you have to somebody else. Thinking that I can't walk whole, you know, I don't, you know, it's going to be, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to get to the place of of, of walking in, in holiness and and walking right. But it's going to take some time. No, 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 no. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else who you think is walking upright. Because if you got was to ever allow you to have a, a lens into that person's actual lifestyle, you probably find out that that person is not walking as upright as you thought they were. Stop worrying about everybody else and worry about yourself. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Glory to God. Glory to God. You keep your eyes on that Bible. You keep your heart on the Lord. You keep your mind on Jesus. Don't get caught up in what appears to be somebody's accolades or triumphs in the Lord. Any man or woman that does anything good for the Lord, they do it by permission of the Lord and by his grace, not because they talented and not because they got it like that. On any given day, that man or that woman can fall. Don't put nobody on a pedestal. They don't deserve it. They ain't earned it. They not worthy. Jesus alone is worthy, friends. No, we're going to save and we're going to reserve the pedestal. We're going to reserve the platform. We're going to reserve that for Jesus only. And we're not going to give that to anybody else. No, you don't have to wait a thousand years before you get right with God. Get right with him now. You got a Bible. You got the word. Use it in Jesus' name. Stop looking at it. Don't let it collect dust. Don't let that word be far from you. David said, that word have I hid in my heart that why? I might not sin against you. Don't let that word ever be far from you. You stay in that word so much to the word just get all in you. It can't help but be in you. You stay in that word to, to the point where when you don't have that Bible in your hands physically, you got that Bible in your heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't get caught up on somebody. Don't put them on no on no, on no, pedestal. And don't you let nobody talk you into putting somebody on a pedestal. They're human just like you. And they can fall just like you. So instead of holding up that man or that woman on an unrealistic pedestal, why don't we hold them up through prayer? Just keep praying for them. God know what to do. God always knows what to do. So God doesn't want us. David was a young man, but David was an, was anointed. God don't want us to put off serving him. And we learned that. We talked about Ecclesiastes 12 and 1. Bible says this, remember now the creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember him in, the, in your youth. Amen, 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 amen. Take a look at Ezekiel chapter sixteen and look at verse sixty. I want to show you something here, building off of that and moving forward. See, God's preference is that we don't put off that we don't put off serving Him, and that's what Ecclesiastes twelve and one really shows us. Remember, now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. That means while you're young. And 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 if. And if you're listening to this and physically, you're not in your youth, you're older, you're not a youngster anymore, then this scripture still applies to you. Because the point of it is not so much the actual age as much as it is committing to God and the ways of God while you are able as soon as you are able. What does that mean? That mean that I might not I might not be 15 and, and 16 and, and, and 20 years old anymore. I might those days might be long gone for me. And now, the years have ticked on and I'm a little bit older now or I'm a lot older now. Have I missed my opportunity? Absolutely not. Be faithful unto God right now. Do what God wants you to do right now. As soon as you become acquainted with the ways of God, maybe you didn't get acquainted when you were in your youth and you got it while you were older. As soon as you become acquainted with the ways of God, then commit to God right where you are. Glory to God, glory to God. So God don't want you to put it off. Mm-mm. As soon as you hear God's word and you know what you're supposed to do, God wants you and I to be busy about doing that. But in addition to that, I told you to look at Ezekiel chapter 16, uh, verse 60. What God tells you he will do, this is why you want to commit to God. This is why you don't want to put it off. This is why you want to get right to the business of doing what God tells you to do as soon as you have the ability. Why? Because what God tells you, he will do for you in your youth or as soon as you commit to him. I want to tell you something. Even if he told it to you in years past, God, you became acquainted with God and you started to walk with God. And now some time has passed since you've been in this walk. I want to tell you, that even though the you might have started serving God a long time ago and you've continued to walk in that way and years may have passed and ticked on, the God that you began to serve then, he is still faithful and he will not forget. Look at Ezekiel 16 and 60. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days when of thy youth. And I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. Do you hear God talking? Did you see that A portion right there? Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of the youth. What? the Lord is saying is is that what I told you I was going to do when you first met me if you continue with me even though the years tick on and you may not have seen my promises come to fruition just yet in every area you just keep on walking you keep marching you keep your eyes straight ahead don't move to your left and don't go to your right but you keep your eyes on that star post in heaven and you keep right on march." you keep right on running you keep right on sorry why because the god who made a promise to you way back when he is faithful and he's going to bring it to pass i'm trying to tell you that you got to keep the porch light on for jesus because he's going to show up he is going to show up he is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent what he say he's going to do he's going to do yeah, I know some of you have been. Maybe this somebody needs some encouragement today, this evening, wherever you're hearing, when, whenever you're listening to this, you have been waiting on God, and I am here to remind you that what He told you He was going to do a long time ago, He is still going to do. Oh, you got so many examples in the scripture. You can just pull out Abraham and you can watch him and you can look at all of the patriarchs of the scripture. You can look at them. And when did God fail? Not one, not one. I'm talking about a God with a flawless track record. I'm talking about a God that never fails. I'm talking about a God that's still winning, still winning. Still winning when you feel like you've lost or you are losing and it is not going to happen. Did God tell you he was going to do something? Did God promise you something? I'm telling you right now, be faithful, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You got to look to the hills from which cometh your help. I know the devil going to come with all kinds of stuff, but that's what he do. That's the job of the devil. That's what the devil going to do, what the devil does. But my goodness, the saints of God going to do what they called to do. We're going to stand still and see the salvation of our Lord. We're going to watch God give us victory. I don't know how you feel about it, but every problem, every circumstance, I will parade around the walls and I'm going to watch them fall. I might have to go four times. I might have to go five times. I might have to go six or even seven. But if God's going to get that job done, I'm telling you, if you do it, for those who were faithful in the word of God of old, the ones we read about in our scripture, the ones that God uses to inspire our hope. I want to tell you something. You serve the same God. And when did he lose his power? When did God become a liar? He is not a liar. He is not a liar. He is not a liar. The devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. And he wants you to have the same opinion of God that he have of God. But you know what? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The world might tell you to curse God and die, but I'm telling you, bless God and live. Yeah, I'm telling you something different. I'm telling you something different. The devil is a liar. He the one telling you that when you're sick in your body, you're not going to recover. He the one telling you that your family's going to always be broken. He the one telling you that the job is, listen, the devil is a liar. Stop giving weight and validity to the devil's lies. We don't need him. But we need God. We need God. And he wants us to need him. He created us to need him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth. That means the promises that I made to you a long time ago, God said, I'm still good for it. Do you know that God is still good for it? Do you know his credit is good? Do you know he ain't never bounced the check? Do you know that? Do you know that what God tells you, he's still going to do it? Do you believe that? Do you know it? If you don't, go back and read the record. My God comes highly recommended. Oh, yes, my Jesus is highly recommended. There's nobody greater and there's nobody better. I'm telling you, listen, everybody else might falter. Everybody else might come up short. But when it comes to the God of heaven and earth, I'm listen, there is no valley too low. There's no river too wide, no mountain high. Listen, God will always show up. Bible said he knows those who are his. Are you on the Lord's side? Are you on the Lord's side? Have you turned from your sin and unrighteousness? Have you allowed God to wash you? Have you been baptized in the water? holy glory to God. Have you turned away from your sin? Have you allowed him to fill you with the Holy Ghost? You know, he's still doing that. He's still doing that. He's still doing that anytime while we teach and anytime while we preach. And I want you to understand it's always a good time to make a change for the better. It's always a good time to turn to the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the work that he did on Calvary is complete and it is still available. He's still washing away sins, he's still washing them away. He's still washing them away. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Nevertheless, God does not remember this. God does not want us to put off serving him. So as soon as you become acquainted with the ways of God, the knowledge of God, the instruction of God, you got to be obedient. Amen. Amen. You have got to be obedient. You got to do it as soon that. Listen, you got and if you want and 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 if you want the promises and the things that we talk about, you're not gonna get that outside of obedience. You got to do what the Lord says. Amen. 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 Now, after the departing of God's Spirit from Saul, okay, and we and 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 we read that again. That's First Samuel 16 and 14. So after the de- after the departure of God's Spirit. So, so Saul doesn't have the anointing anymore. Life began to unravel for Saul. Once And once this happened, family, it wasn't long before Saul found himself under siege from the enemy. Now go ahead and take a look at 1 Samuel. Look at verse uh, chapter 17, and I want you to look at verses one and two. 1 Samuel chapter 17, but you're gonna go backwards from our text and you're gonna look at verses one and two. Amen, glory to God. And the Bible says this, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Sukkoth, which belongeth to Judah and pitched between Sukkoth and Aska and Ephes Damim and Saul said, excuse me, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. When the enemy, listen, this is after God has withdrawn his spirit from Saul. Follow me, follow me with this. Verses one and two take place after God has subtracted himself from Saul's equation. Saul don't have the anointing anymore. The spirit of the Lord has departed him. Not because he, not because God was being mean and all, no. Saul caused that through disobedience. He had an opportunity, but he messed it up. And it was after that, this is when we run into verses one and two. And the first thing that the Bible tells us is that now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. So I want to reiterate this again. When the spirit of the Lord departed Saul, it was at that point that life as he knew it began to unravel. I hope you're hearing. I hope you're hearing. I hope you're hearing. It was when Saul decided he was going to walk away from obedience and walk into disobedience. It was then That he found himself under siege. It was at that point. Disobedience, family, will always take us out of fellowship with God. Look, turn to Isaiah, get 59, take a look at verse number two. You need to hear it, you need to see it. I said, disobedience will always take us out of fellowship with God. Isaiah 59.2 says this, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now I want you to understand, watch this. Verse number two says this, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Notice the phrasing, your God. Your God. That is highly important. Because what it implies, family... is is that this is a separation that is happening to a person or to a people that were once in a rightful place or rightful position With God. In other words, this is not to <laughs> talking about somebody abstract that God don't have a relationship with. The separation occurred with those in whom God had a relationship with, which tells us. That as the children of God, and and I got to say it because you'll be surprised how many people don't realize this. That you can be right with God. And then because of your walk and your life or in your choices, you can cause, you can allow sin to get in between you and God. And whereas you were once walking with God and in the favor of God, now you find yourself on outs with God. Now you're on the outside. Many people think that, oh, well, you know what? It's, it's those who don't have a relationship with God. That are so separate, that are separated from God. No, listen, you can have a relationship with God and be united with God. But then you begin to walk in disobedience and you will break the union. It is not just people who have never known God that don't have a relationship with God. It is those who actually knew God who decided to walk in unrighteousness who forfeit a relationship with God. And every time we begin to walk in sin, we who are called by his name, you're driving a wedge between you and your God. You don't want that. You don't want that. Why? Because the B portion of that scripture tells us what the result is or what the fallout is behind having a scenario where you are separated from God. The B portion says, and your sins have hid his face from you. What? That he will not hear. When sin enters the fray and you let it happen. When you allow sin to enter the conversation, when you allow sin to enter the situation, when you allow sin to come into your life, family, so that God has to separate himself from you. When God has to do that, you short-circuit your prayers. All of your prayers, you literally become ineligible to receive an answer from your prayers. You don't want, you listen, it is, a, it is, it is terrible business to walk in sin. Because it's not just the little sins. Remember we talked, the, the big sins. Remember we talked about that. It's the little sins. You just got to be consistent even in the little sins. And before you know it, guess what? God say, I can't even look at you no more. And you don't want that. Because when God say, I can't look at you no more, it means total Shut down. Not only is he not looking at you, he's not even listening to you and you can't afford that. Now he'll hear one prayer, the call out for forgiveness. So if that's you, I advise you to come to yourself. Go back to God so he can start hearing you again. He will at least hear that one. But everything else, he ain't hearing it. Lord, bless me on my job. Let me tell you right now, the answer is no. Lord, bless me and my family. Let me tell you right now, the answer is no. Lord, bless me to get this promotion amongst my peers. Let me tell you right now, the, the answer is no. God, I want to achieve this. The answer is no. God, I want to be more effective. The answer is no. God, I want to do this. The answer is no. God, I won't. Let me stop you right there. The answer is no. You don't even have to get it out. It's no. All of it is no. And many of you who are listening at some point somewhere, not all of you, but some of you who are listening. You don't understand why the answer is no. And it seemed like you can't get no answer from God. You can't get no answer from God and the answer is always no because you won't do right. You are your own worst enemy. And you got to confess your sins and ask God for forgiveness. And you got to go back to doing his way. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. But you know what's even worse with this? You know what's even even worse Is, is that when, when when God separates us, himself from us because of our sin, sometimes we treat God as if he's being unfair. Did you guys know that? We treat him as if he's being unfair to us in his response to our sin. You'd be surprised. There are many people who are like that. We even go so far <laughs> with it as to claiming as, as far, we go as far as even claiming that God Is not fair. Don't think that's true? Take a look at Ezekiel chapter 18. Take a look at verse 29. We'll read verse 30 also. Ezekiel 18, 29 and 30. Yet saith the house of Israel, notice who's talking, the house of Israel. Who's that? God's people. Who they represent, me and you. Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. What does that mean? It ain't fair. Who's saying it? The house of Israel. Who are they? God's people. Who do they represent? Me and you. Yet saith the house of Israel. Let me bring it to today's language. Yet saith me and you. The way of the Lord is not equal. It ain't fair. But watch how God just checks it all. O house of Israel. Oh, you and me. Me and you. Are not my ways equal? Aren't my ways fair? That's what he's saying. And are not your ways? That's me and you. Isn't it that our ways are not unequal or unfair? Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions so iniquity shall not be your ruin. No matter where you are, who you are, and when you are, listening to this, you got to repent of your sins. You got to change your mind about doing what's wrong. You can't be secretly okay with stuff that's wrong. No, it won't work. It won't work. Not if you want to be blessed by God. That will not work. That will not work. You got to turn from all that. Repent and turn yourselves from your transgressions. Transgressions means breaking the law. All all your infractions, you got to stop breaking the law. What law? God's law. What is God's law? Everything he said don't do and everything he said to do. That's his law. That's his law. That is his law. And you and I are on the hook for doing it, for being obedient, for abiding by it. Why? So that iniquity shall not be your ruin. What is iniquity? It means lawlessness. He really is saying so that your breaking so that your breaking of the law will not be your undoing or your ruin. By ruin we mean what? Your destruction. Let me make it more plain. Turn from your sin so that your sin does not take you to hell. I hope that's because I can't make it any clearer than that. That is literally what he's telling you. And when he says, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. He's telling you that because God does not want you to go to hell. It wasn't even created for people. That's not what it was originally created for. No, it was created for them fallen angels. That's what it was created for. But God ain't going to waste space. So if you decide you want to go, well, God ain't going to create a new place for you to go. He's going to send you where he's sending the devil. And every other unclean spirit. One scripture tells us hell has enlarged its borders. He just said, you know what? <laughs> you want to go to hell too? All right, we'll just just we'll just tack on a few more rooms. We'll just expand hell. I'm not gonna go create a new anything. I'm just gonna make hell bigger. You don't want that to be you. But so many of us are choosing that. And I want you to understand, if this ain't motivation for you, I don't know what else will be. Listen, if you continue in this sin, you are going to die and you are going to go to hell. God is not going to understand. He's not going to give you a reprieve or a break. He has already done that. He already went to Calvary. The way to salvation has already been made. You just have to repent of your sin. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Do all you have to do. The look, Then Peter said unto them, repent. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. That is what you got to do. That's all that God's looking for you to do. That's what he's looking for you and I to do. Amen. See, we at times treat God as if he's not fair because we can't have his blessings while holding on to secret sin. But family, it's not possible to have fellowship with God and to have the blessing of God with concealed sin. Take a look at Proverbs, chapter 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall what? Not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. What a beautiful scripture, but also a stern warning as well. He that covereth his sin, he that conceals it, See listen, God I know when you listen, you can we, we can call ourselves believers. Christians or whatever else you want to come up with. You come whatever term, you can come up with whatever name you want. You can call yourself elder, you can call yourself bishop, you can call yourself evangelist. I don't care what you you can call listen, you can come up with it. You can call yourself whatever it is that you want to and you can even be so bold as to walk up in church or approach the word of God as if you don't have something on the side going on. And I'm going to tell you right now, God know you a hypocrite and he know you a pretender. You're not going to fool God. You're not going to get away with it. I don't care if you're a pastor, you ain't getting away with it. I don't care if you're a minister, you're not getting away with it. Matter of fact, your your damnation is going to be worse. Be a pastor or or a preacher or a teacher or whatever else it is, handling the word of God and be caught up in that secret sin and watch what happens. You ain't going to make it. And God doesn't want that to be you. If you let him have his perfect work in you, Family, it will be all right. God will cause you to rise above your shortcomings, your failures. Your you, Listen, but when you try to pretend like you're something that you're not. Calling yourself, you're going to get what you can't have because God is not going to give it to you. You're not going to strong arm God's blessings into your life. Uh-uh. You're not going to be the person that can make God bless you. See, we teach a ridiculous Christianity where we got all this power, so to speak, over God. You don't have no power over God. God is a free agent. He do what he want to do. And the things that he does for you and I is because he loves you so much, because he wants to do it. He binds himself voluntarily to his word, not because you strong arm him or because I force him. No, it is because he loves you. It is an expression of his grace. God wants to love you. How long are you going to make yourself unlovable? By disobedience. Listen, God is never going to choose his love for you. Over righteousness. You need to hear this. Let me say it again. He is never going to choose his love for you over righteousness. God loves you. But he will never love you enough to let you get away with sin. It's not going to happen. You got to do right. You got to lean on the Holy Ghost so you can walk right. He gives us the Holy Ghost because he knows that on our own, we cannot do it right. We cannot give, get it right. That is why he gives you him. Not a different spirit. Him. The Holy, listen, the Holy Ghost is not a spirit from God. He is God. Holy is God's character. Spirit is his nature. Why? Because God is not a man. He is a spirit. I hope you're hearing it. I hope we're hearing it. I hope we're hearing it. Can't get away with hidden sin. You see, God has been more than fair, family. You know why? Because he hasn't treated us the way we actually deserve. Oh, you're not convinced? Take a look at Psalms 103. Look at verse 10. Word of God says this. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Oh yes, God has been more than fair. He has always been more than fair. Because every time you sin, every time I walk contrary, it is him that takes the hit. David said, unto thee and thee alone have I sinned. Realizing that sin don't just have a horizontal component. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes my sin doesn't actually affect somebody who's right next to me. So it doesn't have a horizontal effect. But sin always has a vertical effect. It always affects God. My neighbor and people around me might not see me sin, but God see me sin. My sin might not impose or intrude on my neighbor at times. I might be doing something secret, but I am always stepping on God when I'm walking in sin. The effects of sin is always vertical. Always. God is the one that catches the fallout from our sin. And yet we have Psalms 103 showing us how good God is, how merciful God is, how loving God is. He have not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God said, I didn't throw the book at you like I could. You don't understand, I don't understand at time that our sin, the wages of sin is death. Do you understand that God could carry out the death sentence at any point? But it's because he loves you. Because when he looks at you, he sees something that more. He sees what you can be. He sees what he called you to be. He sees what he wants you to be. And it's because of that he stays his hand. And some of you don't understand that the only reason why you're here is because God stayed his hand. It's because God said, not so. God said, I'm holding the light just like you supposed to told the porch light on for God. God says, I got the porch light on for you. Oh, glory to God. Go oh, glory to God. I love it. I love it this morning. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquity. He's still giving you a chance. He's still giving me a chance. And no matter where you are, no matter when you are listening to this, no matter who might be around you, let me tell you something. God's calling you out of that sin and he's calling you to him. No, you can't have no alternative lifestyle. God don't, God's not gonna put up with that. That's foolishness. That's what the word teaches. No, you can't go around changing your gender. No, you got to go right back to what God made you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to go right back. No, you can't have all the men in the world and all the women in the world and just, no, 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 you got to be faithful. You got to do what God told you to do. Husbands, you got to be faithful to that wife. Wife, you got to be faithful to that husband. Parents, know you cannot abuse your children and walk in that unrighteousness and that wickedness. You got to do what's right. You got to do what is right. You got to go back to what he said. Micah 6 and 8, he has showed thee, O oh man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. You want God's blessing? Do you want God's f- favor? Do the right thing. Not your thing. Don't do the right thing with your spin on it. God don't want that. Your spin on it, make the right thing the wrong thing. So just take yourself out of the equation. Just do it the way he said it. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You got to do it God's way. Micah 6 and 8 tells us you got to do the right thing. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. (whistles) Wow. <whistles>